Welcome to What Would Anis Say podcast, where three Anis share the challenges, joys, and everything in between growing up as Korean females in Canada, with the hope to connect and empower the next generation of Korean Canadian female leaders. Hosted by TK, Yuna Lee, and Deli Hong. Welcome to episode 15 of What Would Ani Say? So we are excited to kick off the year 2022 with this brand new episode. And in this episode, the Anis discuss mental health. And this is in the context of as we enter the year three of the COVID pandemic, which we thought, you know, it was going to be all over and gone by now. And then surprise, it just circled back. And now we're in it again, knee deep. So TK, can I start with you? What do you think have been the mental health effects of COVID lockdowns on our communities? Um, Well, first of all, I can't believe it's like 2022 already. Um, Feels Mm -hmm. like COVID pandemic like started last year but it's year three which is so wild um and yeah like I I totally thought that we would be over and be able to travel and do things and go kind of back to normal but whatever it's here (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but yeah COVID lockdown so I guess just for context for our listeners um right now we are kind of in our our lockdown. Um, even though I, I would say like most people are vaccinated, there's like Omicron going on. So um, I think we have curfews now and like more restrictions in terms of like gatherings and stuff like that indoor and outside. So yeah, basically like a version three of the lockdown. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would say like mental health is definitely impacted. Um, during COVID lockdown, for sure. Like when I talk to my friends who are more extroverted or who are like super hosts, um, kind of within our generation. So, you know, millennials, Gen Z, et cetera, um, you know, they loved kind of getting people together, you know, socializing, whether, you know, inside or outside, Um, they really get energy from socializing um, Mm -hmm. and talking to people and being in person. So like that physical contact, Um, I know my friends, I'm going to call them like the super hosts or like the social butterflies. Um, They admitted that they kind of feel stuck and Mm -hmm. they have very low energy They don't know when this is going to end. Um, So they have this high level of anxiety, but still, um, like they're still asked like everyone else to kind of carry on Mm -hmm. um, with their lives, right? So um, they, you know, go through depression, um, anxiety from feeling, you know, the feeling of helplessness. So um, it was interesting to talk to my friends about that, um, especially like in the summer when things kind of died down a little bit and we kind of gathered in person and talk about like our own experiences. So that was really eye-opening for me. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you guys had any um, interactions with your friends that also expressed a similar, you know, feeling or anything, but that's kind of what I observed in my life. Mm, Yeah, it's becoming a really serious um, problem that we can't ignore. And you we hear it like firsthand, we experience it ourselves. 
So yeah, I think lockdowns have been really impactful on everyone's mental health. Um, for me personally, like I work in a healthcare setting. So something that I observed a lot is so much like anxiety in the healthcare workers, because we're always like at the front of the news and like, we are kind of considered now like the resources. So it's like, we need to like preserve (laughs) like (laughs) our energies and like our capacities in case, you know, the healthcare gets overwhelmed. So I think with everything that's going on, it's hard to, I think, know what's going on like day by day. I think year three, like maybe we have a little bit better of a handle on like maybe what to expect. Like Omicron is said to be a bit of a milder strain. So like considering that, like maybe people are a little bit better equipped now, if anything. But at the same time, like it is a different um, like characteristic of the virus that we're dealing with. My uh, coworkers that I see day to day, like we don't work directly on the COVID unit, but so we're experiencing the like the ripple effects of having COVID-19 overwhelm our healthcare system. And now that ripples out to like surgeries being canceled, um, people not being able to like come into the hospital with their visitors, which are like big support for like our patients, Um, generally people being like anxious and restless and as healthcare workers having to deal with people that are experiencing a lot of anxieties as well. So I think that's like my sort of experience of like the lockdown number three basically um and I know that Ellie you also work with a very specialized population so I'm curious as to what your experience has been like yeah um personally for me because I work with a lot of like moms who have like babies and children I've really seen how like the lockdowns and um the how long I guess COVID has gone on for has affected the mental health of directly of the patients uh, that I work with on a day-to-day basis. And, uh, you know, um, it's just countless stories I've heard of um, just one mom, for instance, was telling me how she was just got out of her fourth quarantine. Mm. (laughs) Um, Because what happens right now with daycare is, uh, you know, if there's one exposure, so if there's one baby in the daycare uh, that has had COVID or exposure of COVID, everyone has to quarantine (laughs) for, I think it was 10 days um, was what we were saying before. Um, So that's like, she's done like 40 days (laughs) of quarantine, which is insane. And when, when I heard that, I was like, wow. And then, um, you know, I was like, oh, what about like PCR tests? And she's like, even if you have a negative PCR test, you can't come back. You still have to quarantine. And that's your whole family unit. Um, so she was just like, she said, she pulled her kid out of daycare. She's like, I can't do this. This is, I can't do another quarantine. And, um, just the way, right. Like of having to, you know, not leave your house, um, four times in a row. And it's not just even once, but four times. So I just put myself in her shoes and I would just like really empathize with kind of like how frustrating that would be. And also at the same time, trying to manage, I think she had another kid. So trying to manage like 
you know, two kids and just trying to manage the household and all of that and not being able to go outside your house to de-stress and even connect with other moms in the community. So, um, you know, my heart goes out to, to those moms and especially now um, we're in lockdown and schools being shut down again um, and just this impact that it's having on um, working families. So having, you know, if you're having if you're from a dual working household, both parents are working and kids are now at home. And um, I've heard of stories from, from parents where they're like, it's just not interactive enough. Like um, my kid was sitting in front of a TV, uh, no, sorry, in front of a um, kind of a chat room and it was a music class and they were just reading off like how to read music notes. And she was mm. like, it was the most boring thing. I understand why my kid did not want to sit in front of that screen and listen to this mm. for an hour. <laughs> it wasn't interactive at all. And, you know, um, they just feel like it's just very subpar and um, they, and, and the way I've been hearing it is like, they just feel like it should be at least at the very least like entertaining and play-based. So it at least entertains their kid enough so they can do work, but they don't even feel like, you know, that's there. So mm. not only do they have to um, entertain their kids, but also having to deal with the stress of like having kids that have so much energy and not knowing where to provide their kids with this outlet. I can't even imagine. Yeah, same. And I was like, that actually just brought up a thought for me, Ellie. Like, I don't even know how like those online daycare slash online teachers like set up their courses because um, like mad respect to them. But also it kind of makes me worry about like long-term mental health effects on kids, like children, um, just because they are not getting kind of the social interaction that they would get from daycare, going to school, like recess, like everything else, um, just being in classes with like their classmates and friends. So um, I'm sure that's also going to come up, like I'm calling them COVID babies or COVID children, but you know, they're kind of growing up in an environment where they should be outside learning as much as possible, experiencing different things, um, but just being stuck at home and doing all the learnings that they could possibly do outside, inside. So so um, that just kind of made me think like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's kind of yeah. scary. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think of that, right? And, you know, I have conversations with a lot of the moms that come into the clinic about, you know, how is this affecting, you know, uh, our kids or community kids development in terms of like, they're not able to see people's mouths because of masks. How is this affecting their language development in the key years of development, they also learn so many skills um, socially, right? Like sharing, play-based, like how do we mimic that in a virtual setting how do we mimic that in this kind of very constrained mass-based setting and how is this that having a ripple effect and these are the people that are going to grow up and eventually take care of us so you know it all loops back and what are the consequences and ripple effects of you know what like these mental health effects on on our children that being said you know I do believe in like resiliency um, at the same time so it's not like all doom and gloom there is you know resiliency within the, the children in our communities but you just you have to wonder like what are the mental health effects of of all this like frequent change and kind of um chaoticness and also the constant lockdowns and not really you know having that consistency um and social interaction that they would normally be accustomed to yeah and that brought up a thought for me as well and I was like speaking to a mom like a very anxious mom like earlier in the week and she was talking about how normally she would limit screen time for her children like they're not supposed to have more than an hour of screen time a day but mm -hmm. like with the schools being online now like they have to be on this 
in front of the screen for at least six hours. So now she's worried about like, you know, like how am I supposed to like structure this? How am I supposed to explain this to my kids? How is it going to affect like their kind of like attention span? Like if they're um, like being forced to stay in front of the screen when it's supposed to be like not the best thing for especially kids and their development. Um, but also like when you think about like, our generation, um, going back to us, like we're also probably experiencing increased screen time because like we can't go out and do our social activity. So like, how else are we going to connect go on social media? Every single streaming service. Like I (laughs) literally have like Amazon prime, Disney plus craze Netflix. Like (laughs) before COVID, I only had Netflix. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I expanded because I ran out of things to watch on just Netflix because like when you're in lockdown, there's limited activities, there's limited things to do, limited yeah. ways of dealing with stress. So you use more screen time, which is probably not the best like resource, but when you're limited, I mean, that's kind of what you have, right? It's like kind you're- of like the crutches that we have to use. Cause like, it's the only thing we have. And like, not only that, I'm sure that consumption of like alcohol and like other substances I'm sure those things I hadn't looked into the detailed research or anything but from my own experience I'm sure that consumption has gone up massively for our generation because like it's kind of like our coping mechanism right absolutely I remember it was just like yesterday when like there was like lines at LCBO right like LCBO is like an essential service and you know there was definitely I think an increased alcohol consumption like uh, as a way of dealing with stress as a society um and like me being nerdy going into like the neuroscience of it like we know that like we are wired for connection we're that's like an actual survival need, right? Like kids, even from a young age, if they're not held, if they don't have that social bond, they don't actually develop um, into like full human beings. You need it to develop, you need it to survive. And it's a way that we deal with stress. So when our body actually releases like cortisol when we're in high um, um, periods of stress, the antidote to cortisol is oxytocin, which is is what's released when you're in community, when you're connecting with people. So I just think now in this area of chronic stress, um, how we're actually um, kind of reduced in terms of our coping mechanisms, because Mm -hmm. we're less connected. um, Because there, there is something special, I think, of meeting someone in person face to face, not always in that virtual setting, and that bond that's forged, or that cohesion of community, and how, how much that serves to help like reduce our stress level, and help us cope better, but we're not able to do that. So how much of that stress is now being internalized, and like turning into mental health issues, or causing us to even isolate further, which is the opposite of ideally what we should be doing to seek help and to help us like manage some of the stressors that come with like pandemic and and some of the some of the changes that has made to our lifestyle right yeah so it's almost like to me like on a broad level it's like almost like we are constantly being triggered and bombarded with like information that could trigger our anxieties or like depression at any moment. And then at the same time, we're also having like reduced um, like ways of dealing with it. And like our kind of system is not equipped with like these types of hormones that we would normally get from like an everyday interaction. So it's kind of like a double whammy. Absolutely. I think we're in unprecedented levels of like fear porn in our society. Like I think you, mm. you turn on the news and just the amount of information that induce like fear um in like 
like moms, even what they're saying now of like, you know, oh, your kid could get COVID and could get hospitalized and could possibly, yeah. die. you know, like the, the, the type of information that's put out there is like very fear inducing, right? And you don't have the same community constructs to help deal with it and talk it out to help ease some of those. And um, how how is this having a ripple effect on our communities? And, um, you know, how can we kind of moving forward, reestablish um, some of those coping mechanisms? Like, what does it look like from here? You know, um, that's a rhetorical question. No one knows the answer, but I mean- <laughs> Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find out in five to seven years of time span. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think, it's, yeah. I think it's time. I think it's important conversations we need to start having as a collective community to be like, okay, like, you know, what are some things we can do to help, you know, alleviate the burdens on people's mental health and stress management and how can we do that better as a community um because no one knew it was going to go for so long so what we're doing right now is not sustainable yeah absolutely and like on that kind of like line of stream of thought I was also thinking like what about like the more marginalized communities like what are the effects on you know specific communities that are maybe like lower income or like not as well equipped like economically or like otherwise to handle like incoming stress or like having to like not work and not be able to get you know pay for like a week you know or like anything of that sort and also I read some interesting articles about like how um, during the pandemic, like four times the number of people have quit um, that are females versus males. And the person that wrote the article was speculating that, you know, this is because like, there's a lot of unpaid labor coming from like females, like from women in general in our society. And so like when that gets compounded with COVID, um, like it's not sustainable. Like women can't like endure those labors anymore. Um, and so that's why they end up quitting because like we rely on those more than ever now. Um, so yeah, I think it's interesting that it also like highlights some of the maybe like discrepancies or like the marginalization that has formed in our society. And I'd be interested to find out like if it affects like specific populations more so than others. Yeah. And just to add to that, um, what you were saying, you know, about marginalized population, I think COVID has definitely highlighted um, the socioeconomic divide, right? Because you hear of like people like during lockdown, like the wealthy going to cottages, like having a great time. And then you Mm. hear people that work like really essential jobs, um, having to like, you know, frontline workers, like grocery store, people who work there, they have to work because they need to make a living out of that. And the stress of having to not being able to call in sick and then also being worried at the beginning of like catching COVID but not having the option to work from home right Mm -hmm. so like that and and the mental health effects right of of frontline workers I mean I personally um like feel for those types of people right because it's like well you know you have less options um if you are in that that type of situation where it's more of a survival mode um Mm -hmm. and you don't have the option to work from home yeah so true. Yeah, I think just mental health and implications of that, um, like during a lockdown and just kind of going through the pandemic for like year three now, I think it definitely has like different impacts, different levels of impact on different people, for sure. 
Um, but kind of speaking of that, um, I guess I'll ask you, Yuna, like, I know we kind of talked about like, okay, you know, broader communities or, you know, broader population segments that, you know, we kind of come in contact with or, you know, work with whatever, but just wondering if you had kind of going through year three of COVID, any unique mental challenges that you found yourself that you were struggling with, um, just being a little bit more vulnerable on this, um, as we kind of more like personalize it a little bit. Yeah, I think if I were to look at it on a more personal level, like, first of all, like I'm a healthcare worker um, that, as Ellie previously mentioned, like I don't have an option to really work remotely, although like our department has kind of like struggled with some positions where like people could potentially rotate into working from home. But having said that, like, I don't have kids, like I don't have like responsibilities that I need to attend to at home. So like my case is kind of like different than people that do. And like, I think for me, it's more so like the uncertainty of like not being able to really know what's going to happen tomorrow. Like our schedules are constantly changing. People are constantly calling in sick. Like with Omicron, I think they're saying that like eventually all of us are going to get it because it's so contagious. Um, And like in our department, I've experienced that like people have like taken turns getting sick, like not necessarily from each other, but like just because like it's so out there in the community that like at one point, I think like maybe like 30 percent of our like whole staffing was like down. And this resulted in like a lot longer of a wait time for our patients and then patients like not really, you know, knowing what's going on, like they were really complaining and like us having to be like, well, you know what, we we want to be able to serve you, but right now, like we're just really strapped for resources. Like we oh, just man. please be patient with us, you know? Like it's it's yeah. yeah, it's like nobody really um wins at this, like because like patients are facing longer wait times, like they don't have the support system with us, some of them are not feeling well you know, so I also get their perspective, but like from our perspective, like we're also like pulling every like tooth and nail to like get ourselves here and um, do what needs to be done. And then like being faced with like complaints instead of like gratitude is like, it was a bit of a like, <sighs> like <laughs> when is this going to end type thing? Right. So that was kind yeah. of like my um, experience with the healthcare, I think burnout. And then at some point, I think, Maybe not during this third wave specifically, but maybe during the first and the second wave, it's kind of like being feeling a little bit more like apathetic, like, like, why are we doing this anyways? Like, nobody cares. Like, we can't even get this done anyways. Right. Like, I can't even take care of myself, you know. Um, So that's a feeling that I've had at one point. Um, And then I guess like otherwise, like in my personal life, like I've think the thing that I really struggled with was keeping in touch with friends and family like being such an introvert um, I naturally don't like to reach out to people and then like with um, like before COVID and lockdowns like we would be able to have natural gatherings or like have activities that we could plan together um have dinners together like just very easily right and have that as a platform to like connect 
But now everything has to be on Zoom. Everything has to be like set up, um, has to be scheduled. You have to reach out. And you know what? Like I discovered that like I suck at maintaining touch like through like texting and like all my texts are super awkward it's like hey <laughs> what's how are going you? On with you yeah and they're, just, like, they're in lockdowns it's like they're like oh nothing how about you and I'm like nothing for me too it's just like I don't know how to keep a conversation going over text right so it's hard to maintain like that sense of bond I found like over the more like less personal platforms um, so that has been my experience. Yeah. How about you, TK? Uh, no, I, I completely resonate with that. I think it's such a relevant feeling because now, yeah, like the whole idea around empathy and just being like very dismissive, I feel like personally, that's what I'm going through right now. Mm. Like 2020, like when the lockdown first happened, obviously it was like the first time. Right. So I kind of made plans to be like, oh my gosh, like I can't see my friends. So we're going to do like Zoom dates. We're going to make cocktails. We're going to learn some TikTok dance moves, like whatever that's going to keep us company, like we'll do it. So I think it was more like it was out of like excitement, um, like during the pandemic that, you know, we're doing something that's like very unique and different than I've ever done before. Mm. Um, So I think at that time, I was more eager to kind of, you know, maintain or establish connections with people. But then year three, I'm like, it's not worth it. (laughs) Like, I am so dismissive and like, so apathetic at this point. It's like, here we go again. Like, this is happening again. Um, So I feel like everybody's going through that kind of mindset right now so it's like everybody kind of knows like we're fed up with it we're you know we're just kind of dealing with this so it's like we can ask like how we're doing but I feel like we all know the answer to that so it's like yeah it's just I completely agree with like the whole idea of like empathy and just being more desensitized to the whole um the whole pandemic right now what about you, Ellie? How has your bit your experience been like? Tell us your story. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's been full of peaks and valleys, <laughs> is the mm. best way to describe it. That's such like- an eloquent way. Like Ellie always coming through with like eloquent descriptions of a <laughs> global pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Right? Where you're like, you know, I think I think a peak was like when people were getting vaccinated and you saw like, you know, oh, I could see the end, you know, mm. when people are vaccinated, things will yes. open and then like realizing, oh, actually, no, there's going to be another lockdown. It, it's actually not going to end the pandemic. And then that was like, you know, you know, uh, like you felt really helpless in that moment of yeah. like, oh, when is this going to end? And I just felt like I almost felt like my, the government was playing like ping pong with like my heart like it was just like oh yeah okay be excited no actually like, you're not and just like literally that's how I felt like I was just like and it eventually led to feelings of helplessness like I cannot control um these external restrictions that are put on me and um never have I ever had this feeling where I felt like I didn't have as much control over what I could do, right? Like, yeah. like it feels like there's more restrictions on 
on what I can do as a person. And it feels like I have less choices and it's understandable. Like we're in a pandemic and that makes sense, but, um, emotionally that still has an impact. Right. And, um, uh, I definitely could relate to what you were saying, TK, when you were saying, you know, people who are very super host, like I'm a super host. So, um, I love hosting. I love bringing people together. I love building community. So, and you know, that brings me a lot of joy. So I think, um, the lockdowns and not being able to do that has definitely had a mental effect of like, yeah, feeling very like depressed at times or feeling very emotionally affected and helpless. Yeah. Um, and like um, all the outlets I used to deal with stress, like community, traveling, meeting new people. I love novelty. I love adventure, dance, um, all the things that are severely affected by COVID. Um, and I just remember being at a loss of like, how do I now deal with my stress? <laughs> because all the coping mechanisms I used to deal with are kind of gone. <laughs> so I had to like almost relearn. Um, and I have relearned and I come out the other side and I feel, you know, a lot more emotionally stable. But I think that process was definitely all very rocky. Um, and I think that's okay. I think it's okay to, um, like transition is always hard, especially if it's not transition that you volunteered for. It's just kind of thrust upon you. So you just have to like kind of cope with it. Um, and I think it just helps to like, I know one of the things that helped with for me was like just to talk to other people about it because you realize like, you know, you're not alone in it. Everyone's kind of going through it together um, and realizing, you know, um, there's shared experiences in that. Um, and that also um, can help kind of um, get you through some of those emotional spells. Um, so yeah, um, that's definitely one of the mental health effects I've had. And then, um, I think also, uh, one of the things that I found really strange that I felt a lot through the COVID pandemic was the lack of motivation. Um, I would say like prior to COVID, like I almost had like too much motivation. It was just like, oh my God, like you didn't have to tell me to do something. Like I was a doer. Like I just would go, go, go. And one of the things I experienced during COVID was like, I, it actually took a lot of effort for me to do things like mm-hmm. simple things. Like even like what you were saying, you know, like reaching out to a friend or like working out even like it just, mm-hmm. I think it was like inertia, right? Cause like you're yeah. in this like lockdown and you're not doing anything. You're not moving the same way. Um, life is a lot slower. So then when you're trying to do stuff, it takes way more energy. Um, and I, I just found um, the energy required me uh, required of me to do things that before felt so easy was a lot more. Um, and this is something that I just realized that because some of those incentives incentives have been removed, like being able to see friends or travel. Um, mm-hmm. So that translated into like less motivation for me in terms of like being able to work out or um, yeah. And that kind of sometimes at periods of my life create that cycle of like sedentary living where I'm like oh it's been like six weeks and I haven't worked out (laughs) and I'm like this is not acceptable but it's just like it is just like habits right and like if I'm to to be like fully frank like that's just how it was right yeah and just it's just like you're in like a cocoon right it's mm-hmm. like there's like danger outside. So now we need to go into like a cocoon state. Like there's like don't have any contact with the outside world. Nothing's coming in. Nothing's yeah. going out. Like yeah. stay in the same spot and stay safe. And this is like we're going into like survival mode. So I feel like that's that almost like explains to me like that response of like being like, oh, it's so hard for me to like get motivated to like step out and like do this and initiate yeah. and 
you know, all of this, which was like so natural for you before. I think what we've been talking about is and experiencing is like what they say is pandemic fatigue, um, which is kind of like, you know, it's a Uh, hot keyword, like in the media that I've been hearing a lot. So what's your take on the mm -hmm. pandemic fatigue? I have it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's quite ubiquitous. It's rampant. Um, for those of you who have not heard of this, uh, w- like word, kind of like it's like what quite... universe are you in right now? Yeah, <laughs> can, can um, I go there? Defined, yeah, as like the exhaustion you may feel after months of spending extra time and energy dealing with this new pandemic and all the struggles it's kind of brought on. And it's kind of characterized by feelings of dread, helplessness, and in TK's case, <laughs> apathy. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and I think it can lead to like pandemic burnout too, right? Like I've definitely been there, like burning out where you're just like, you cycle through all the emotions of like helplessness and dread. And it gets to a point where you're like, it's like overwhelmed and then eventually apathy because <laughs> it's just like, yeah. you're overwhelmed. And then it's just like, I don't care anymore because it's like, I'm just emotionally burnt out. So um, basically I've been through the whole cycle of the pandemic whole fatigue for <laughs> yeah. three years and then have reached the final destination of apathy. Yeah. Welcome to your final exactly. destination. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, I don't know, guys, but like, I feel like another side to this that I've experienced, I don't know if you've also experienced the same thing, but is that like because everyone is so like burnt out and everyone's in like in like such a like down kind of mood and I know that everybody has like different challenges right so I feel like I've been having a lot of difficulty like just having normal conversations and just even expressing my feelings um what I mean by that is like when I'm experiencing something that's like negative or like that's like you know, like feelings of doom or like, oh, here we go again. Or like anytime like a negative emotion or a thought comes up for me, like I've had difficulty expressing it um, because it's not met with, you know, great response. Like I feel like people are kind of like careful not to get too negative about like this negative situation that we're in. Cause like, you know, everyone's like suffering through it and you know, you don't want to be the complainer, you don't want to be the downer, like, but then like, I also don't have anything cheerful to say. And like, sometimes I try and like, it, it cheers me up a little bit, and maybe it cheers other people up. But like, sometimes just not being able to voice like my feelings of doom, and just like negative thought (laughs) patterns has also been, I don't know, like, for me, it's been hard. Yeah, I mean, that totally makes sense, right? Because it's like, almost like, you don't want to like add to it almost by like expressing it. And sometimes maybe it's so overwhelming. It's hard to put it into words. Yeah. Um, and so, and normally when you're in a state of fight and flight and it's very negative emotions, it can be quite um, overwhelming and it can like shut off or like shut off your prefrontal cortex. So neuroscience mm. today. Um, so like <laughs> it's harder, it's hard to put words to that emotion. Um, but interestingly for me though, I think it's had the opposite effect in that I feel like because there has been so many negative emotions that's come as a result of like 
COVID and the lockdowns, it's actually mm-hmm. allowed me to, it forced me into like develop tools to actually process the negative emotions better. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was like, I need to process this better. Like this is no, like I, re- I reached a breaking point. Um, so uh, yeah, I use this like acronym a lot now. It's called like RAIN. <laughs> so it's like recognize the emotion, acknowledge it, um, like uh, investigate it. So like try to like understand like, you know, what's driving it and then like non-identify with it. So like, even though you might be feeling a certain way, like you don't have to identify with that emotion. It's, it doesn't mean it's you. It's just like something that's like mm. passing. So I um, love that. yeah. So it's an analogy I use a lot um, or a lot recently just to deal with some of the negative um, effects and uh, processing it. Cause otherwise I think um, for me, it would just get like, kind of stuck <laughs> and yeah. it builds up to a point where it's like so overwhelming and then usually what ends up happening is I get so overwhelmed and then I then I I, I cycle into like these like very like depressive cycles and I don't want that mm-hmm. so I had to develop like coping strategies to not go into those like mental states yeah I like that I think I think I will also use that like if I ever have like a negative um, like thought process going on and I can't really pinpoint like what's going on. Um, yeah, love that. Thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really probably going to be helpful. Um, yeah, and it's interesting that like everyone kind of deals with these types of stresses a little bit differently and like um, like we have different kind of tools for dealing through with it. But like, I feel like we can always like learn from each other and like what the other person is doing because like maybe if it's helpful for you it's helpful for me (laughs) like yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah. and there is what's called like post-traumatic growth right so like from any type of trauma or for any type of like big event like this like there is a growth opportunity um Mm -hmm. even though like it is at that time very hard um and yeah on that note like what are like some of the silver linings you guys have found like from from the pandemic or growth experiences even Mm. it's a good question um well I can go I think for me one thing that the pandemic kind of helped was understanding for other companies that work from home works. Because I think before COVID, there were companies out there that put guidelines that say like, yes, like we have a flexible work environment, you can work from home, you can work anywhere, etc. But then it wasn't actually like exercised upon, like it was just kind of written um, just for the sake of, you know, saying that they're being flexible. But um, I think now it's like all of the companies had to adapt to their employees working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it led to kind of a forceful realization. It's like, yes, it works. So like, I know some of the companies that my friends work at, they have moved away from offices completely. So they 
all of their jobs are now remote. Um, they can work anywhere. They can go to Mexico and work if they really want to. So I know like one of my friends actually went um, to the warmer side. They like Airbnb, I think a gigantic mansion. And then they just kind of quarantined there together, like working um, awesome. and enjoying like surfing <laughs> and like they're by the sand they're sun tanning like after 5 p.m because like the sun's still out um stuff like that and they're you know enjoying life that way um so I think that has been a hopeful part um coming out of the pandemic and then because of that I also got to spend a lot of time with my family which I generally don't get to do now that um they live um away from me yeah um so that's been that's been really nice, but I don't know if I can do kind of that extensively now, but um still really appreciate like just having had the time to do that. Yeah, that's really nice. Time spent with family is, you know, like when you're young, like you grow up with family and then once you become an adult, I feel like that time becomes more limited and it almost becomes like, you know, just like sporadic episodes like in your busy life. But like to have the time and the space to connect with family, like for that amount of time is, yeah, I think that's amazing. And I think it has been similar for me, like my father, like who was working abroad, like he recently came back um, to like domestic in Canada because he felt like, you know, like working abroad, like it wasn't really working for him anymore because he couldn't really come back and see family for like years and he was like I don't know what I'm doing here and like the money that he was getting like um you know that was like he he obviously took that job because like there were like benefits to him but like he just figured like it's not really worth it for him anymore and came back and he's back and you know so we're able to have that time together so I kind of resonate with that And then other than that, for me, like the the silver lining of the pandemic is that I'm just fully um, in the, I guess, like my own skin of being an introverted, like hermit. (laughs) Like I don't know if that's the right word. But yeah, like, because I just love like journaling. I love like just like, I don't know, just like rolling around with my dog. I just love reading. I love like anything to do with at home. Like I usually don't mind for long stretches of time. And like my calendar is very clear. So although I miss some of my social agendas and like my friends and connections, um, like that, those moments are like relatively like brief for me. And then I'm like, okay, I'll just go back to whatever I'm reading <laughs> or whatever I'm listening to. Um, and then I think that has been like relatively like a comfort zone for me. And then like on the, on the flip side of that is like because I can't do a lot of like the social stuff or even like go to the mall. I've been doing a lot more stuff like in nature. And I actually realized that actually, I actually love it so much more. Um, just like going camping or hiking, just um, going to even like even going for a walk like. Uh, around sunset is like such a treat for me like those kinds of I guess like more nature-based quiet moments are they have been the silver linings of the pandemic for me 
Mm. What would we do without nature? Yeah, nature. I totally agree. I feel like um, the pandemic has reignited (laughs) um, my love for nature as well. Um, Like all the hikes um, I've done and um, yeah, speaking of hikes, like, uh, hikes with my dog, um, she's definitely been a silver lining of, of COVID. She was definitely a COVID dog that we would not have been able to get if it wasn't for COVID, um, because oh, my partner yeah. was able to work from home, um, and that allowed us to get the dog and, um, just allowed us to have more flexibility, um, to be able to raise her and to be able to properly care for her. And she's just been a little, bundle of joy um there's nothing that makes you happier when you come home from work and she just like comes bounding up and she's you know dogs are always so excited to see you no judgment wagging their tail always wanting to play with you and um I think that it's just those simple things that you just really enjoy um so yeah that's been really nice and I think um I think uh even though I love like, you know, social gatherings and having that really bustling schedule, I think um, the COVID pandemic has also allowed me to appreciate the value of kind of slowing down and um, kind of like marinating in each like experience and not like rushing through things, kind of taking it more um, like step by step and like being more like mindful and present rather than like thinking about like the next thing I have to rush away to. So I think that it's given me a newfound appreciation of that. So I'm grateful. Um, and I think that's one of the silver linings of, of the pandemic, um, for sure for me. Um, and yeah, I think there's a lot of, um, those struggles, there's been a lot of like growth moments, which I think, um, speaks to, some of the struggles <laughs> like I wouldn't have had the growth uh, moment if I didn't go through the struggle um, of true. like the helplessness and it was that negative emotion that got me to like reperceive things or reprocess or find a new way of um, you know dealing with some of those those emotions this has been like our experience of you know like some of the highlights the low lights and everything in between of you know the year three now and we've just reflected on some of those moments so i hope everyone has enjoyed listening to us and we'd love to connect with you and hear your stories of what it's been like for you so give us a follow at what would Ani say and i hope to hear from you and connect with you soon thanks for listening